get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm your host, Fergus. We're on episode 152, and it's all I want for Christmas is three points. This is our last Premier League game before uh, the Christmas break, and we're going international. Um, we have with us uh, Trevor from uh, uh, from uh, up in Lincolnshire. We got Scunny from uh, um, where somewhere up north, and uh, we've gone stateside. We've got John from the Miami Gooners, who's not in Miami at the minute. Hi, John. How you doing? Good. Good. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, how are the other two? Um, how's my twin matching beards? Yeah, I think we're looking very good today, Fergus. I think we're looking very good indeed. I'm actually looking forward to today's game and this chat we're going to have now. I'm a bit disappointed in that intro. You you weren't very positive about me and Mike. So, uh, yeah, you need to pick that up yourself, matey. But other than that, very good. Okay, we will be talking about the Southampton game, which is up upcoming. Uh, but we'll also be talking, uh, uh, which just happened last Wednesday, we'll also look at the upcoming Everton game. Uh, we normally do quite well at that way. Um, so hopefully it will be the start of um, the upturn. Um, I'm not going to actually get to see the game tonight because I've got to go and get a swab shoved down the back of my throat and up my nose. I've got a, a bit of a cough. So just to be on the safe side with family over Christmas and stuff like that, I'm, I'm getting a COVID test. So I, I will be everything on mute and watching it on record. Um, evening to Trules and uh, Boston Ozil in the, uh, in the chat. How are we doing? Um, guys, let's look at uh, the Southampton game. So Arteta's hopes uh, of a draw with Southampton will prove uh, start of will it prove the start of our um, side's recovery, ending a three-match losing run in the Premier League, despite going down to ten men again. Theo Walcott opened the scoring um, from the Saints um, with his return to the, his former club with a, a lovely dink over Bird Leno's head. We will talk about that in a few minutes. But um, Trev, what did you make of the game overall? We were going into this with a record that we were we didn't want to um, didn't want to have. Uh, by having a draw, we stopped the rot. Um, you know, we could have gone five games yeah. uh, in in a row, uh, home games uh, beaten, which would have been the worst since our inception in eighteen eighty six. Your date of birth. What What did you make of the game overall, then, Trev? I was I was extremely nervous before the game, Fergus, as everyone was, because it wasn't a record we wanted to to have, was it? So a point against they're, they're playing well, Southampton. You know they're losing one at the moment to City, but I've been watching it and and and, and they really should be at least level, if not in front. They're playing very well, Southampton. So I thought we, I thought we showed some improvements. Um, obviously, once Gabriel gets sent off, it changes the game completely. And um, and and we're on the back foot. Could have nicked it at the end when Holding's header hit the post, but then they could have won it because they hit the post the other end. So overall, I saw a slight improvement. I think if we'd have kept Gabriel on the field, we would have been we we could have nicked it possibly, but who knows? Um, yes. Yeah, so overall, a point. It, it was two evenly matched sides, really. You know, which I never thought I'd hear me saying about us and Southampton ten years ago. I didn't think so. Um, John, we discussed this on the Guna pod, uh, podcast, um, the Gabrielle red card. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your opinion of it? Because I know our opinions were slightly differing. So, even though I, I was very drunk at the time. 
Yeah, you know, I think like a lot of us were. Uh, I, and in terms of the in terms of the actual red, I see why the red was given, right? You look at like his previous one. I guess you can argue whether it was a little bit harsh or not. But the second one, if you're if you're if a player's on a breakaway and you just pull him down, that's going to be a yellow card all day. So I'm I'm not too. I'm not too surprised that the that the yellow card was given. He was he's a pretty notoriously stricter ref. So and and you saw and you saw other instances of him booking kind of insolence when he booked uh, um, uh, Ceballos for throwing the ball down. So you know when, when you they should have been they should have known that. In other words, and going into this game, they should have been told like, look, this ref could be a little bit stricter. You need to be careful, you know, about about the bookings. I'm sure they might have been, or they just didn't listen, or it just happens because of the passion of, uh, in the in the moment. So, it, when I'm looking at those, it, it it's definitely a stupid decision on Gabriel's part. I think that is who I put the the mountain of the blame on for that second yellow. So I'm not really looking at the ref in this one going, why would he give that? I think that in a game of football, that that kind of a challenge is always going to be given. If you know that you're on a yellow, you shouldn't be doing that. He's still a young player. I'm not, like, blaming him, right? I'm not saying, like, he's not he's not smart player. He's not a good player. Obviously, he's been one of our best players this season. It's just sometimes, you know, it happens. It's in the heat of the moment. You know, there's a lot riding on your shoulders. Gabriel, in the entire match, was one of the ones that was stepping up the most, I thought. Out of a lot of the players, he was definitely trying to almost take the game on his shoulders, which, you know, as a defender is a scary kind of a thing to have. You really you really want that you, you really want the, the attackers to take the game on their shoulders and and really because they because they could ultimately affect it and score the goals. But look, I, I don't blame Gabriel at, in the sense that I think that in the heat of the moment, you're going to make a ta tackle like that. But he should have been a little bit smarter, especially on, on already on a yellow. Brilliant. Okay, um, Mike. Uh, I thought, and my comments to John on, on on the other show were was that I thought the referee was absolutely ridiculous. I, it felt like he wanted to be on TV, dishing out cards left, right, and centre. Uh, what did you think of the referee's performance in that game? And do you think the the two yellows within four minutes were were called for for Gabriel? Uh, well, yeah, they were called for. At the end of the day, he got suckered in, like uh, I think Jules said in. The comments, um, no blame to Gabriel, that stuff happens sometimes. It does. You get suckered in sometimes. That's how it works. You know, you've just got to be, you know, I, I'd expect more mature players to be not giving that them type of tackles away. End of the day, it's still, it's still, we're still in his first season with Arsenal, so he's, he's got to expect them sometimes. But again, I, I can't put no blame to him. He got suckered in. It's how it works. But I've got to say, though, in, in the game, that first half was probably one of the boringest first halves I've ever seen in my life. It was terrible. Yeah, I just I just eaten a lamb shank and I struggled to stay awake in the first half. I must admit it was it was pretty it was, it was pretty, pretty tired. You say, did you say you eaten a lamb shank or you had a lamb shank? <laughs> Eaten. <laughs> I forgot that we got a cockney on here, so it's gonna be misinterpreted. <laughs> That's because you're on the rum already, isn't it? That's why I'm on lemonade. So I get I get I am, it's nice. Hang on, there's somebody up my door. Mind, I get that reference. I gotta say those marble oh, hall oh, shirts are awesome. I, think, I love that. I love that. I love that away kit. It's I have one, it's so good. Yeah, I like it as well. At first I was like Mate, I I'm know. so happy, I'm so happy with this shirt. You know, I'm, I'm 50 odd years old. I've had, I've had hundreds of shirts, and I'm really happy with this shirt, to be honest with yeah. you, John. You know, when just what Alex like, has oh, got, oh, going back to the sending off. Yeah. Just, just I have my earphones. I can hear you talking all the time, Trevor. Oh. 
Oh, go on. All right, then. I didn't say anything bad, did I? I'm on such no, a delay no, here. You're going to have to bear with me, boys. But but the sending off, oh, right? The oh. sending off. I could sort of... I'm not happy with Gabriel getting sent off, but I could sort of make a reason for it. Bearing in mind, he's a younger player. He's inexperienced. It was, it was heat of the moment stuff. So I, I can sort of put that on a different level to the Xhaka and the Pepe sendings off. Mm. Those I don't like. Pepe and Xhaka getting sent off. Totally avoidable. Stupid, idiotic things to do. Gabriel could be the case for it. So that sits easier with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, Trev, that one. It, it does. It sits. I think it does sit easy because he's just got suckered into making them mistakes, whereas, like you say about Pepe and Xhaka, they made the mistakes. They knew what they were doing. Right. It wasn't a product of insolence, in, in other mm. words. So it wasn't like it wasn't some, you know, nefarious tackle or something like that. It was him trying to win the ball on a player that had him slightly beat. And, you know, you want and he was giving everything he had the entire match. So it, it was I was a little worried in the beginning. I was like, all right, he's really into this game. Maybe that'll happen. But you want your players to be that into it. And sometimes that's just a natural effect of playing like that. You're going to give a stupid tackle, a, a challenge away, something like that. Uh, or you're going to maybe be a little bit too intense in a certain area, and, and that's what happened here. He he just kind of, you know, he was too into it and got and he got penalized for it. Absolutely. So Theo Wal- Theo Walcott Absolutely. scores the first goal. He puts um, he puts a dink over the head of um, Bird Leno. Um, I don't know if you've all seen, you probably have seen the still photograph that's going around with um, Leno and his head is slightly ducked. Um, yeah, it's just like that. Um, it is is he is he to blame in any way, Trev, for for that? I know I know Mike is just going to crucify me on this, but is, it, is is he to blame Mike, in any leave way? It to me. Mike, leave it to me, son. Mike, leave it to me. I've got this, son. Burgess, oh, listen. <laughs> that still photo could have could have been taken. Photos could tell fibs, you know. How do you know? That that photo wasn't taken as the ball had just gone past him, and, and, and then I was looking like that to see if it's going in. How do you know? You don't know. You cannot apportion any blame to Leno there. It looks like he's ducking, I know, but that that photo could mean absolutely anything. It was a good finish from Walcott. End of. Move on. Fergus, put it to bed. Put it to bed. Leave the man I've, alone. I've, listen, <laughs> listen. The only thing I think he is a, a great keeper. Um, I do think he's up there in the top, probably, well, he's Germany's number three keeper. So compare that to England's number three keeper. Um, the, the the issue with me is that he doesn't catch the ball enough. He parries too many away. And when he does parry them, he doesn't parry them over the bar, around the post or anything like that. He seems to parry them back out into the penalty area and onto the penalty spot, invariably uh, to one of the oncoming strikers. And he has done it a few times. I'll move on. 797 Thank minutes. God for that. <laughs> <laughs> this crappy agenda you've got against Leno is really getting on my nerves. It's not an agenda against it's him. It's an agenda. Every week I'm on here, you say something about Leno. Every time I'm not on here, you say something about Leno. You've always got something to say. It was a decent goal from a former Arsenal player. There was nothing he could do about it. You could argue, where was Tierney during that? Yeah. Yes, no, you could. You could. I so feel like when when it, when it pick it on Tierney, you know, the only thing I'll say about it is when you have a one-on-one with a keeper, when you have a one-on-one with a keeper, it's always up in the air. It's always up in the air. 
And and that's what a one-on-one is. Some keepers are very, very good at it, right? You know, and, and but even then they'll get beat sometimes, especially if the if the strike is good enough. And Walcott did exactly what he needed to do. He was patient with his shot. I don't know, you know, it's hard to look at a one-on-one and, unless the keeper completely does something out of the ordinary, which I don't think Leno does here. It's hard to blame them. Seven hundred and ninety-seven minutes. Coming time. up from Terry, please. Go on. Coming up from Terry, please. Terry, hey, it's not what is that? Death. Terry, you're a mate of mine, Sonny. You know I love you, but you're, you're out of order, Terry. You're bang out of order, mate. He, he, he's like you, folks. You, Terry, could be joined at the hip about Leno. I'm telling you, that's Wait, it. What, what is, what I'm, that I'm not going to fall out with Terry anymore because he's his round next time we have a beer, but. Wait, hold on. But what does that mean, though? I mean, like, historically, German keepers have been amazing. You look at Neuer, Ter Stegen, I'm going to say Leno here. Ter carries the ball quite a lot, though, to be fair. He does, but he, you know. (laughs) See, I finally convinced you. No, 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 no. You haven't convinced me. I'm just saying, yes, he does. I agree with you. He does parry the ball slightly too much. Kahn, Lehmann, Neuer. Yeah, I mean, come on. What, what does it mean to German? Like, they're German keepers. Are I don't great. understand what I don't understand the two German bit, uh, but I can't say too much against Terry. Uh, he is he's my best friend for certain reasons, and he'll know why. Mate, I can't say nothing when we get back into these games, mate. Terry is my number one man. I can't say nothing against him. I'll grease on that one, mate. I'll no, I've got no issue there. Let's talk right, about Alabama Yang. That's what I was trying to get to. Let's talk um, about Alabama Yang scoring, boys. I'm sorry, I'm on this. Seven hundred ninety. Now I'm cutting you off. Seven hundred ninety-seven minutes has taken him to uh, score a Premier League uh, from o- a goal from open play. Um, will that give on the delays? You'll catch up with us in about five minutes. Will <laughs> that make a difference? I might, but I might actually put tight talk in here for 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 um, Trev. Um, with, Will that will that help him? Do you think that will bring him back to form? Is that what he needed? Is that the confidence boots boost that Abamyang uh, needed, uh, Trev? Well, Fergus, listen. Of course it is, son. Of course it is. Right, because if if we're honest with ourselves, if you look at Alba's previous play, even when he was scoring a lot of goals, he wasn't the hardest worker on the field, right? But we didn't notice that so much because he's banging in goals. That's all you ask a striker to do. A striker is there to score goals. So when he has this bad period, right, it becomes very noticeable, for, for, for not just because he's not scoring goals, but because people start looking at other aspects of his game. And when you look at other aspects of his game, you, you can be disappointed. But his goal the other night, hopefully, that's kick-started him back into... What, what was you got to look at the bigger picture of that goal in that the, the young man Saka was breathtakingly good. I said it on Twitter, he wasn't just good, he was really good for that goal. And Alba made the right run, and the ball's in the back of the net. And we've got to hope that, that kick starts them both today, you know. Um, and I'm sure it will. I'm, 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 I'm almost confident about us getting a point today, almost confident. Um, finally, on that game, uh, once the once the two um, the the red card came in, into place for Gabriel, it more or less scuppered the game, and it went very very defensive for the last 15, 20 minutes. But both teams could have won it. Redmond came on and he hit the the post, as did Holding. John, what did you make of Holding's header? 
Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it just need. It was almost there. We're talking about the one that almost went in, right? Yeah. Yeah, man, that would have been great, and it would. Uh, I think that it would have it would have changed the dynamic of the game, and it was slightly against the run of play. But look, the guy th that was a very athletic header from Holding, and we know that he's got that in him. Um, you know, he doesn't do it that often, but we know he's capable of it. So. Look, I think that it was unlucky not to go in. I think he did everything right. Sometimes it's just this is a game of, you know, small margins, and that was just one of the margins that fell against us this time. But, look, if you're looking at his overall performance, I know a lot of people were kind of criticizing him a little bit. I, I think he's been – He's he's had, he's been a little bit inconsistent, but I think when you look at when you look at the trajectory of his performances, it's been overall positive. I think, and I know that uh, a lot of people might disagree with that, but I'm just looking at it from from the perspective of of someone who had not been able to get in the side and then paired along with Gabriel, I think quite well, better than I think any of the other defenders we have at the moment. And that that obviously has could be you know with controversy and injury, but at the same time, when you're looking at his performance in this match, I, I think that he should have had a goal there, but it just just so happened that it, he didn't. It was just off by a little bit, and it would have been a great goal. We would have been talking about it for. You know that would have been one of the, the the key points of the match. And if he did score, it would have been two excellent goals. I think it would have been the hmm. Obamian goal in this one. And um, look, it's unfortunate, but hopefully it doesn't. He doesn't get too down on himself, and he keeps keeps attempting that because I think that that's look. We got we we got a new uh, set piece guy, right? So uh, from the defensive aspect, we've been doing really good defending set pieces. I don't have we conceded a goal from a set piece yet? I don't know if we have. I think uh, we yeah, did. We, did. Um, we did. Aubameyang scored it. Just the one. Oh, damn. All right. Well, let, I'm not going to count that one. I'm not going <laughs> to count that one because technically we scored it. That's right. That was a set piece. So, um, but for an own goal, we haven't conceded from a set piece, which is which is you know a lot to do with our defenders who are the ones that are the most the most tasked with defending those. You look at Holding, you look at Gabriel, who I think have been excellent in that regard. And and you look at where the only where we've conceded the least amount of set-piece goals. Um, so it's working. Now the now we need it on the other end, right? Now we need to work on scoring more goals from set-pieces. And I think that players like Holding, playing like players like Gabriel, who we, who's already scored a couple, um, look, that that's that's it's a good tactic. You have these big, tall guys, and you have a ball coming into the box. It's not rocket science. The game finished 1-1. Mike, who would you say your man of the match was? Saka, by a long way. Yeah, the, way, exactly. the way he strode to get that ball to Aubameyang, well, it came off Eddie first. It was a great little touch to Nketiah. Nketiah touched it to Aubameyang and scored the goal. Uh, so, yeah, definitely man of the match for me was definitely Eddie. Uh, not Eddie, sorry, uh, Saka, because he was just leaps and bounds above everyone else in that game. Anybody else got anything different to Saka? Saka was awesome. Yeah, I, I, Fergus, Fergus, I, I agree with John. John speaks a lot of sense there. Um, I, um, I, I give man of the match to Holding. I, I really do think he had a, a really decent game. They're never going to stand out and shine defenders like Holding, you know. But you know, I put on, I put on um, on Twitter that I thought him an exceptional. With me, but were, were really scathing, you know. I get that. I thought Holding played really well. I think he's coming into his own. I think if we see him go through the rest of this season uh, fit, not injured, we'll see an, a, a, an excellent Rob Holding by the end of the season. We're going to see a, a player that's steadily improving. So, although Saka was brilliant, 
I, I, I give it to holding, mate. Me. Okay. I give, I give you that, Trevor. That's good. That's a good point because when you say about holding getting a lot of scathing on social media, I think it's completely unjust because he has he's formed a great partnership with Gabriel this so far this season, and it's working. The issue that Rob Holding's got is the, the person who he has on the right of him in that right back position. And I think that's the issue that he's got because he leaves him very open a lot of the time. And it's the whole it's, right hand side, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it, it's 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 unfair on holding, but I think even still, he's still doing a great job by doing that. All right, he can't get everything, which you can't, it's impossible for one man to do everything. You know, he's got to cover the center and cover the right. It's 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 not on. But that and that's the reason why people would scathe him, but I think it's unjust, it's not right. Uh, breaking news here. I've just had a text Sorry. come through. Lockdown uh, tier four. I mean, as of tomorrow, and Christmas has been cancelled. Thank you, Bojo. Bastard. And even um, tier, tier four. The, it's just been invented. All yeah. oh, right. Double secret lockdown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listen, Ever <laughs> Everton next. Um, midfielder Alan is sidelined for the festive period. He sustained a hamstring injury. Uh, in Wednesday's win over City. Rodriguez is still recovering from a calf injury. So there are two players who've been very, very influential in this Everton side, uh, especially in the first few opening games when they looked like uh, a challenger for European spots at least. Seamus Coleman uh, is available after missing five games with a hamstring. Um, we have some doubts about, about who we can take to Goodison. Um, Shaka and Gabriel are both suspended. Take a moment. That's George, brilliant. George. <laughs> uh, while Thomas Party remains still out, and we've got some others. Uh, John, since we've got you on here, um, what's your opinion on Granite Shaka generally? <laughs> okay, uh, that's an interesting that you come to me on this because I have I, look. I I actually like Granite Shaka, and I know a lot of people are not gonna not gonna like that. But uh, Judas. Well, but hold on, but hold on. Um, this season, he's been. A what's your mouth out, young man? <laughs> Hold on. Let me let me clarify that because it needs clarification clearly. Uh, I think that he gets a lot of criticism that's not necessarily warranted. People hate him. This season, it is absolutely warranted. I think. I think that his that his his performances this season, culminating with that red card, is un, is indefensible. Is indefensible, and I'm not going to defend it. Um, but I think that leading up until this recent kind of period of form that he's had and this behavior that he's had, he is a player that people misunderstand and I think that people uh, unfairly criticize. He's not a defensive midfielder. He's not this creative type player. He's he's a, he's a, he is a, he can be slow and everything. You know what? I'm not I'm not going to get into it because I could talk about Jaka for for a while and like the discrepancies between what what people perceive of him and what he actually does on the pitch it's, and provides from a tactical perspective. And I would be here to fight you all the way. Buddy. I know you would, and that's fine. And that's, <laughs> look, and I'm sure we would have a very a very you know a healthy debate about it. But the oh, real yeah. the reality is is that what he's done this season is indefensible, and that's the reality right now. So for purposes of what I think. I think that he deserve he, he uh, the, that Arteta needs to take a good long look at what the heck just happened with him and 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 I don't see I think he needs to fight his way back on the side. I'm talking about you know playing with the under 23s possibly something like that. You, if, if, let me tell let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. If there are these non-negotiables, surely that crap 
is one of the non-negotiables. It must be, right? How to, like the, the, the performances we've seen from him this season, the lackadaisical defending we've seen from him this season, and that just nonsense losing his mind in that match where he got sent off is indefensible. These are things that if you're trying to fix the attitude of this team, which, by the way, is starting to creep in. We've seen a lot of behavioral problems. And if you're looking at it, we're starting to look, see a bigger picture in the context of these behavioral problems then it's something to be concerned about. And it's definitely something that uh, our tenant needs to take a, ha- a hard look with, with Jaka. But from a tactical perspective, I think it allows us to get away from that deep lying playmaker role and try to make the play push through the center of the park into uh, the attacking third behind defenders. We saw that with, with, uh, with, uh, with, Saka, uh, with Saka's goal when he, you know, beat the player and try to get into the middle and we saw the interplay in the box. So we, we haven't seen that a lot because we've relied so much on Jaka, I think. So no, uh, look, sorry, Terry. You ain't got many fans in here, mate. I, you know what? Look, I thought, look, I, I'm, I'm just, this, I, I'm, yeah. just, I see all these managers pick Jaka, right. And I'm, and I, and I really take a good long look at why they do that. And there's some things that he, there's some things that he, he does extremely well. You look at his passing into the final third. It is the top, he topped in 2018. Right. He had the most passes in the final third out of every single player in the Premier League. He still pretty much led passing in the final third this season. And, and he does it from his 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 half. He does it from his half. So he, he's not a player that's going to win the ball like De Bruyne and go and push forward and then create some amazing assists. But he is a player that's going to be able to dictate play. And he does it well from his own half. And, and, and it's in a team where you don't actually have a creative midfielder that is going to be able to carry the ball, or you have a player like a Jack Wilshire type, who's going to be able to pick it up and then, you know, beat a couple defenders and create something with it, then you're going to need that. And we saw it, the, we saw an analog with that when we didn't have it with Louise and the, the, it was bypassing the midfield. He would just take a long ball over to the top, which worked. And sometimes it didn't See, I'm telling you, I could talk about this. All, I get, I get, yeah, I, know, I, I, I get, I get that. <laughs> I, can, yeah, I get, I get, the the criticism of him, I do not I do not think he's a greatest player. I think there's a there's much better players out there than him. We should probably have looked at better players than him. But my whole point is that the criticism that he gets is one unfounded and two, I a lot unfounded. Some of it's very founded, but no, some of it I'm, is. Sorry, mate, I'm going to jump in here quick. Oh, it's very founded. Some of it is. Some of it is. No, 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 no. All of it is. All right, All so this is a Jaka podcast. I don't, I don't want to go into it too much. I mean, this is this isn't my podcast. You see, I do my own as well, and we've uh, I've, we've made many a conversation on Jaka and on our podcast that we have on the Ars Bros. We call him Lieutenant Dan, and we call him that for a reason. Okay, uh, he has no legs. <laughs> he isn't. He's slow. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's very fast. slow. And when you say he's dictating play forward. Yeah. Have you ever watched him in games? Do you seriously just be a beeline for him? I have. I've absolutely watched him in games, and I right. know that. So you'll know. So you'll know by now that he is sideways and backwards. Uh, he's not sideways and backwards. That's a misconception. He's all sideways he, and backwards. He led the league. He led the league. He's everything that's wrong with Arsenal at the moment. I, I completely disagree. I completely disagree. You look at his. You look at his his final third passing, which is forward passing from his side his side into the final third. And he, sorry. <laughs> right, listen, John, I'm sorry to chuck you under the bus there. Um, it's just, it's a good barometer to get uh, somebody's opinion on uh, such a, a polarizing, uh, pol- polarizing, or whatever my pronunciation is awful anyway, um, uh, footballer. Um, and I'm more in the mic, uh, in, in the mic. 
in the I don't think I don't think he's good enough for us. I think we need to do better, and I don't think that that's the kind of player that we need to be utilizing right now. Yeah. To clarify, before everyone hates me, I think that that. Uh, that the, the, what was hilarious was. Yep, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. Out. Yeah, yeah. So look, look, I'm right <laughs> there. I'm, like, Mike, I'm right there with you. I do not think he's good enough for this team. I just think that some of the criticism is unnecessary, and and that's fine. And that's fine. Right, and, it's all necessary. Oh, I do honestly believe a lot of it is all necessary. All right. Listen, what you've got to remember, right, is what you've got to remember yeah, is is um, what's his name? Xhaka threw the shirt on the floor, and he threw the armband on the floor, and he cupped his ear to us fans. No disrespect to you guys that don't go. He cut his ear to us fans that pay a thousand pounds a season and yes. told us to f off. I get John, that. I get that. John, that's, son, right. that's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. It is. It's unacceptable. It, I'm not defending you know, that behavior. It, I'm not. That, uh, yeah, his, that's, that's not what we want. You know. All right. All right. Fine. I appreciate that. And yes, fine. I understand that. But there was an arc where he was playing well. And all right, he's telling us to move on. Let's move on. Yeah, I'm only I'm only saying it because we're trying to discuss this game, and I've got a, I've got a, a deadline to be out of here as well, which is the other thing. The team lineup should be up, up very very shortly. Um, uh, Arsenal have a great record against Everton: 34 Premier League wins against Everton, which is a club record against any opponent. We've scored 110 goals in this fixture. Uh, Everton have beaten Arsenal just twice in the Premier, uh, sorry, twice in 12 Premier League meetings, drawing two and losing eight. Um, However, Everton can keep three league clean sheets at, at home versus Arsenal for the first time since 1969. Uh, I know that Trev put his head in his hands because I read out these these facts and it all goes to shit afterwards. It does. Um, what are we expecting on... Uh, what are we expecting Fergus, on... Fergus, I'm drunk now, right? I'm drunk <laughs> now, tell. Fergus. And, and the reason I'm drunk, right? The reason I'm drunk is because it's Everton away today, and Everton away is the most amazing away day. I've been I've been going to Everton for as long as I can remember. We get very drunk before the game, and we get very drunk after the game. Quick funny story: you know, every game. Right? Last season we were at Everton, and we were all, we all got drunk before the Gisson Ferguson. And after the game, we found this little pub called the Halfway House in Liverpool, just around a corner to the Everton ground. But it's a Liverpool boozer. Liverpool flags everywhere. So we go in and we're all right because we're playing Everton and, and Liverpool fans want are all right with us. We go in there until we're, we've been in there having a few beers. Everything's going well. We're surrounded. Terry Greenwood, my mate, decides to stick an Arsenal sticker on a Liverpool flag in a Liverpool boozer. Oh, my oh. Lord. Did it go pear-shaped then or what? I've still not forgiven right. Still not. We are playing. Our our team isn't out just yet, but the Everton team is Pickford and Goal, Holgate, Keane, Godfrey, Mina, Iwobi, oh, Davis, Iwobi. Sigurdsson, Decore, Richarlison, and Cal uh, Lewin. That's going to be a goal from Iwobi, then, right? Uh, it's just it, it would be typical, wouldn't it? No, it would no, no. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> Fergus, we are out. Fergus, we're out. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, yeah, I'm looking I at it now. It's Leno. Leno, Holding, Louise Tierney, Maitland-Niles, Sabasel Nenny, Saka Pepe, and Ketia Willian. No Alba. Oh, wow. my God. Good. Alba's not there. He's not even He's on the bench. Do you know what? Wow, wow, I'm actually wow. glad of that, guys. 
That makes sense. He was playing. He just played. Wow. Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually quite pleased for him. I think he deserves a bit of time out because, as we were saying, I know he scored the goal yesterday uh, on against Southampton. Sorry, but it was his after, you know, the, the post-match interview that had me. He looked really down in the dumps after that. So I think he probably deserves a bit of time out. Yeah, um, a good Martin positive Ellie, on there really is. Yeah, Martinelli's on the bench, so that's a good positive uh, to see uh, Martinelli on there. I'm I'm not very pleased about William. I think William has been um, has been poor by the, the, the game against Fulham. Um, sorry, sorry, Mike, folks, can I uh, jump in quick? Can I just jump in quick? I've just looked yeah. at the bench. Now it's great that we've got Smith Rowe and Martinelli on there. I think that's great. Why the hell have we got four defenders on that bench? You've got Bellerin, Cedric, Mustafi, and Klasniak. Why? Half, Why do half, we need half of our team defenders? are defenders? Half of them are defenders. Good point. Yeah, maybe so. Half our team are defenders, but we've got we're obviously playing a five uh, a three at the back with holding uh, Louise and Tierney, and mm -hmm. uh, AMN and Saka going to be playing wing backs. But You've got the two wing backs. I get that with Bellerin and Cedric, or even Kolasniak. Why have we got all? Why have we got four? I just don't understand. We got four. We got one, two, three of them are wing backs. Why have we got three wing backs on the bench? Maybe he's considering our recent track record in red cards and assuming that we're going to go goal down possibly, and then need to bring in some more defenders. That's why that's would you bring defenders on when you go goal down? You bring an attacker on. Well, yeah. Who have you seen Arteta do that? No, I'm not, I'm not Bellerin. I'm glad he's not playing. Charles. I'm not getting Bellerin and Suarez on the bench. I'm not getting Bellerin and Suarez on the bench. That's one too many for me. I think it's to be, to, to be honest, Bellerin has been just really poor of, of, of late anyway. So um, for him to be dropped to the bench, I think is a good thing. I like that Maitland Niles is getting the chance. I think that he's played well every time that we've given him an opportunity. And a lot of people have been wanting to see him kind of in that midfield role again. But he does really well in that in that in that role that I think he's gonna be playing today. And I, I think it's a three at the back of holding Louise and Tierney with That's Maitland good. Niles and Saka yeah. on the wings, um, El Nenny and Sabias in the center of the park, and then William and probably Pepe picking up. Will William play through the centre? I, I just don't understand who's no, going to play. Well, it has to be Eddie. It has to be Eddie. Yeah. It'll, it'll be, be Eddie, Eddie from the, the centre. Yeah. It'll be Eddie from the centre. But you know, I, 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 I am happy with Tierney. A lot of people like Tierney as a wing back, but when we're playing a back three with Louise in the back three, I like to see Tierney next to him because I think. Honestly, think that Tierney makes Louise a better player when he's playing in the back three with him. So I'm not upset with Tierney in the back three today next to Louise. I, think I agree Louise with that. I think Louise generally in a back three is just a better prospect than he is in a back four. I think that you know when when he plays in a back four, it's a little bit more shaky. So and he, and if you look at like how he successful he was in Chelsea, a lot, a lot of the time they played in the back three as well. So I think that, that that's an aspect of it. Uh, the, the, we've always had the argument that we we play him slightly more forward in the in where Shaka or El Neni are, are one of those type of players are playing because didn't he play as a, a centre mid at one point um, and he can distribute the ball well like that. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier when I was saying that's how we want to play. We, we like to bypass the midfield and Luis can do that with his long passing. Hmm. Hmm. 
Um, predictions on well, scores Luis today? Should be in the midfield, John. I agree with that, by the way. And I've said that why I would love to see Luis in the midfield. I think he's, he'd probably make a better midfielder than he does a defender. Um, Sabayas. John, just to put you uh, on the spot, son. Just to put you on the spot, son. Luis is a better midfielder, defensive midfielder than Xhaka any day of the week, mate. Xhaka isn't a defensive midfielder, so I agree. Um, Sabayas is mentioned in here in the comments by Trolls. Um, have you thought he has looked uh, any better or worse of late, um, Mike? Because I think he's probably had three or four good games for us overall. I, I don't think he was that bad against Southampton, to be honest. Um, you could go either way with him. You know, you could either say he had a good game or a half-decent game, or you could say he had a half-bad game. Um, so I understand where people are coming from. It's like he was either good or bad. But I honestly thought he had a decent game against Southampton. The problem I'm finding with Ceballos is at the minute he's taking seven or eight touches when he only needs to take maybe one or two. Um, okay. I mean, that's a full problem with our midfielders as it is at the minute. It's They're too slow. The midfield is too slow to distribute it forward. Where if you look at our line up there, even with a Bamiyang in it, you know, you've got forwards there that want to run onto the ball. They want they don't want it at the feet, they want it in front of them. And the problem with that is they've got to have a line to run on. And now if you're too slow, that line disappears slowly because you're moving ever so slightly forward. And I think that's the issue there. I, I, what any... I do like about what I do like that he brings to the team is is some a forward movement by the midfield and i think he does try and drive the ball into the box more and more uh, than many of the other midfield players i know when willock is there he tries to do something similar uh, and driving the ball in trev do you have any opinion on sabias or is yours all about captain morgan's right now yeah I, i'm pissed as a fart fergus listen <laughs> what, what we've got to remember right is what you're swearing there trev what we've got to remember is we're all <laughs> that don't count. That don't count, Michael. The old man's allowed once in a blue moon. Listen, boys, what we've got to remember is listening to um, the podcast last night, Dan's podcast last night, right, with Kevin Campbell and, and our Manion. And I respect all three of them people. And what we've not, what we're forgetting a little bit here, right, is that Arsenal's problems are not necessarily about all the players at the moment and the way they're playing. Our problems run along, right? And what Arteta's trying to do at the moment is he's trying to get more positivity in and push out the negativity that may be causing issues in the changing room. And he will do that eventually. He will do that. But and, and maybe lads are getting caught up in that. I think Ceballos is, is a better than average player. I don't think he's a superstar. If he was a superstar, he'd still be at Real. He's a better than average player. I think he's the best of what we've got in that area of the midfield, just in front of the of of, of the defensive midfielder. So we've got playing, yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, let, let's play Sabias and let's see how he goes and hope he picks up. But I, I know, think no, probably not really anyone else anyway, have we? To be fair, to no. Uh, well, it's either that or the, the four mentioned who we're not going to mention that name again, not today anyway. Um, we have got an option, son. Michael, we have got an option. We can Ooh. play we can play Maitland Niles further up the field, or we can play we can play Xhaka further up the field, which is what John said earlier 
is correct. We can't do that at the moment because the boys are needed in their more defensive wing-back roles. But as this squad develops, you may well find that Saka and Maitland-Niles are pushed further up the field and we look a completely different team. So we have got different options, but maybe we just can't use them at the current time, mate. Yeah, I, no, I totally agree with you. I think Maitland-Niles is wasted on, on that right wing, uh, on the right wing-back. I think he's wasted there. Uh, when he played in midfield in the Europa League, I thought he, he did an amazing job in that in that two that he played in Europa. So yeah, I think he could have done a job with Sabias Orel Nene. And I think maybe Cedric could have come in for Maitland Niles really there or Bellerin. So yeah, it's you know, we we've got like I say, we've got three wing backs or three left right and left sided defenders on the bench. I just don't get it. Why? Um, John it's now uh, this is the the same game that um, Arteta uh, had his first managerial uh, outing at against Everton in Goodison Park. Um, it's almost a, a year to the day. Yep. Um, we appointed Arteta. They appointed Ancelotti. A lot of people said that uh, they would have preferred somebody off the caliber of Ancelotti in uh, the management role. A year on. What do you? What's your score out of ten for Arteta? And would you have preferred an Ancelotti over an Arteta? Sorry to chuck you under the bus yet again. No, it's fine. I can deal with it. So, uh, look for me when I'm looking at Arteta and, and the prospect of having him. I was extremely excited. I was I was one of the people that was very excited about the prospect of Arteta. I heard about all the the kind of talk around him, and you know, ever since he was a, a player, people were slating him to become a manager. You know, he had some excellent tutelage under under Wenger. He had some excellent tutelage uh, under under Pep, obviously. And there was the sense that he would come in and give us some a new modern approach to the to the game. And I'm not saying that he's not done that or or can't do that, but we were kind of dying for something that was what we could consider Arsenal, right? That was not like Emery Ball was not Arsenal. I don't think he understood, and uh, and not that's not a language thing. That's just I don't think he got really what it meant, what the fans wanted to see from this Arsenal side. And I think Arteta, to a great extent, does. Now, my concern was always about the experience that he had. Yes, I think that it was a very promising prospect, but at the same time, there was still that question mark about whether he was going to be able to do with these players who are not, let's say who are, I think, decent, but not not the kind of players that, that will be able to, like, the, the, any manager could come in and, and make something incredible happen. With that being said, I think we've been recently underperforming, and we know we have because we're, we're looking at the statistics of, of these players, and it's less than what we've seen these exact same players do. Now, that's not yeah. because these players magically got worse. I mean... In theory, it could, but I'd rather look at what the more likely scenario is. And the more likely scenario is it's just a it's just a disconnect between what the manager is trying to implement and what their understanding of that implementation is. I think that that's where the disconnect's happening right now. And I think, uh, as was mentioned earlier, a lot of it has to do maybe with this bad, bad blood in the dressing room that might, might be gumming up the works and kind of stifling a little bit of this plan that Arteta had. So I definitely think that there's a clear-cut plan that Arteta has. I think it, it, he mentioned that it starts with the defense, and we saw improvements there. And he also mentioned that it's, it started with these non-negotiables and clearing out this you know, dead kind of this bad mentality in the dressing room and the surrounding the club. So if this is a natural side effect of that, 
then I think that we're in the right direction. The problem is, is that we can't let the performances on the, on the pitch and our league table position slip too much. And I think we all kind of know that. We're looking at us in 15th and we're looking at barely being able to score a goal from open play. We're looking at, you know, these horrible statistics coming in, referencing times in the past, like the last time we lost four games was in 1959. Stuff like that, it's very concerning. So if I give Arteta out of 10 right now, it's a little bit difficult in the same way that you say, what do you think about Jaka right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way, you know, in the climate and especially with what just happened. But given given where I think he's going and, and given what we where we are on the table, I have to give him I have to give him a five right now. And and the reason I, I have to give him a five and, and people are looking at me. I don't know this. You, and I'm going to explain it. First no, of all, no, no, sorry, I'm, I'm not looking at you, crazy mate. I was looking at Trev because it looked like he was swatting flies. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's what I was wondering there. Sorry, mate, not you. Yeah, yeah. No, the reason I'm giving him a five. <laughs> the reason I'm giving him a five is because I think I think that the plan that he had is still in place. I don't see that it's fallen apart. And the most important thing for me is that the players have been coming out and saying that they that they support him. Leno, most recently, coming out saying, "Listen, you know, it's not the manager. We're all behind the manager." Um, the problem with that is I think that when you're considering, uh, you know, if in fact everyone is behind the manager, then it's a supreme disconnect between what the manager is doing and what the players are actually performing. And you have to look at the manager there. You know, if the players are underperforming, if the players are, are, are still behind him yet playing as crap as they are recently, that's on the manager, in my opinion. So I'm not going to give him a great grade right now, but I'm not going to give him below a five because I think that there's still a, there's still a process in play. What that process? No, I, agree. I, I think I think that's I think that's quite measured in in, in your approach, Mike. Uh, what's your first year uh, verdict on Arteta, and would you wanted um, an Ancelotti or somebody else like that instead? Sorry, Mike. Um... Yeah, sorry, that's I've, I've dropped something. My bad. Oh, that's uh, all right. Do you want, no, do you want what it is, uh, first year, it's been mostly downs. I think, to be honest with you, and I just, I just feel like at the minute and the way things are going, I want to see something different, and it's still not really showing me any anything different. You know, in the team, he's not. You know, it's great what he did with Ozil. You know, he wasn't playing the best. He dropped him, which is fair enough. And there's probably a lot more out there to do with it, whatever else. I'm not going to go into that, though. But he did, he did what was he felt was best for the club. So I, I agree with stuff like that. But it's, it's the other things as well when these some of these players are playing badly. You know, he, he seems to always go for them players. Like, well, we mentioned about Xhaka. You know, you can see he's not playing at his best. You can see he's not doing much for the team. You know, and he's, he's too afraid to drop him. And it's the same for Bellerin. We can all see that he's not doing the jobs that he's meant to be doing. You know, it's he's a defender. You know, what's your <laughs> what's your one oh one job? It is to defend. So but he, <coughs> So you're sorry, excuse me, your your score out of ten then, what would you give him? My score out of ten five. Fair. Trev, I know you messaged me because uh, this delay has been a bit difficult for us to, to deal with, but what, what what's your um, verdict of Arteta's first year um, and your score out of 10 for him? Yeah. Fergus, boys, I'm sorry. I, I, I know it's, it's, I've got a horrendous delay today and I do apologise. But look, it was, it was a year ago today, right, that Arteta was announced as um, Arsenal manager. And strangely enough, the first game was at Everton away, much like today. 
Arteta wasn't in charge of the side, but he was in the stands. And obviously thought that um, that we saw a lift in the players immediately. But looking at let's let's look at Arteta, right? Because it, it, it's not about it's, it's about culture. Arteta's got to change. It's a massive job. And as 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 John alluded to earlier, it took us it's take, taken us ten or twelve years to get in this mess we're in now. There's been a steady decline. So it's not an overnight fix. It's not an overnight fix. It's time. It's time to fix it. The players are in charge at the minute. The players are running the show. But let's look at the positives, right? We've been saying for years we needed a central defender and a defensive midfielder. Arteta has addressed that. He's addressed that. He signed some central defenders. We don't know what the best ones are yet. And he signed Thomas Partey, who in a short time has looked head and shoulders above anything we've had on the field. I'll tell you now that this squad finished Unai Emery. Unai Emery is not a bad manager. He was finished by these players who decided they weren't going to play for him. Much like they decided at the end of Arsene Wenger's uh, tenure in a job, they weren't going to play for him either. So Arteta's got a massive job, a huge job, and he's doing that job. Right? We can, if we look deep enough, we can see positives, right? And and Fergus, give me one more minute. Is that what is that okay? Thirty seconds, right, mate? Yeah. Because yeah. I just want to say to all the I remember, boys, regardless of what happens today or what happens in the season, right? The, the owner we've got, like him or love him, he can walk away at any time, right? He can walk away. He has he doesn't bleed Arsenal like we do. The directors, they can walk away. The manager can walk away. The coaches can walk away. The players can walk away. But we can't. Us fans can't. Because we fell in love with a football club, right? And us real fans. We'll never walk away we'll ne because we don't support anything apart from the Arsenal. The Arsenal Football Club is what we support, right? So we've got to stick behind them. We've got to have faith in Arteta. We've got to have faith in everything everyone thinks because we may – I agree in everything that John said today, right? Far from it. But John's an Arsenal fan. Arsenal fan. Fergus is an Arsenal fan. I'm an Arsenal fan. And we're all entitled to our opinions. And at the end of the day, we want the best for Arsenal Football Club. Arteta's got a massive job on his hands, right? And I'll, I'll make a little comparison, right? All vaccines take a long while to develop, right? Vaccines take a long while to develop. Arteta is our vaccine, in my view. And we've got to give him the time to develop it. Right, Burgers, rant over for today, son. Done. Jesus. Hey, you're, Trev, you're, you're going to have to please, mate. You're gonna to have to stop. You're gonna tear to me, eh? Your um, your score out of ten, Trev. It's gonna take about ten minutes. Ten. I'm okay. Ten. <laughs> and 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 while I've got you on that, um, what's your score prediction for today? Because we're gonna finish up shortly. What's your score prediction for today? Captain Morgan's one, Trev nil. Four nil. Four nil with the R. There we go. <laughs> go on, Mike. What's your, what's your prediction on, on today's scoreline? Uh, I'm sorry, lads. I went for a loss. I'm saying 2 0 loss. Okay. John? Uh, more like a 1 0 loss. But yeah, I'll, I it's just, I have no, there's no confidence right now. Even even coming off of a, a draw against Southampton, it's just, I, I don't see it. And I don't, you know, 
this is a new forward lineup as well, so I don't know. It could work well. Heathens, but... a pair of you. Heathens. It might have been different, Trev, for me. I might have changed my mind um, if Aubameyang was actually playing and he had a bit of confidence. But Yeah, we, this is a front line that we haven't really seen very much, so it could be yeah. great, but I'm not confident. Um, I I went for a 2-1 victory to Arsenal. It's probably a little bit more head than uh, more heart than head, um, but we are generally pretty good at, at Goodison. Uh, everything you say about, you know, different lineup and uh, Aubameyang not being available, guys, I totally agree with, but I'm still going to stick with my uh, my 2-1 prediction. And my uh, score on uh, Arteta is probably it's similar to Mike and, and uh, John's. I'd, I'd probably give him a 6 because he's won some silverware already. Um, uh, so because of, because of the FA Cup, uh, Charity Shield and so on. Okay, the Charity Shield doesn't uh, count for lots, but it's winning. It's winning and winning at Wembley. John, thanks very much for joining us on on uh, the show. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we did put you under pressure a couple of times, unfortunately. I'm cool with it. <laughs> hey, like, like like we were saying, it's 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 opinions, and I and I totally get where everyone's coming from. And I know that there are certain divisive players like Jaka. So that's when that's why I smiled when you asked me. I was like, oh, people are going to like what I have to say, but like you know, I try to move the emo- I try to move the emotional side out of it. When you've had a couple of Captain Morgans, it's a little bit more difficult, I think. But, <laughs> uh, but I, I appreciate the conversation, and I'm glad you uh, had me on here, and it was fun. Mike, thanks for joining us again. Um, you're welcome uh, thanks for inviting me yeah and just remind people where uh, they can also see you they can see you on uh, Fridays isn't it it's normally Fridays but this week coming uh, I'm doing it Wednesday because I'm not doing it Friday for obvious reasons Um, yes so yes it will be Wednesday at 9 o'clock on Ask Brothers YouTube channel or Facebook or on Twitter so yeah by all means join us it is a good laugh usually. Um, we do have some great conversations on there. So, yeah, and we had uh, we had your mate on there, didn't we? The other half of Guns and Yellers last um, last night. So it was all right. Oh, was Trevor right. on there? No, Boston. Boston. Oh right, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Boston joined us last night. So yeah, it was all right. It was good. Um, and you run a podcast as well out in Miami, don't you, uh, John? Just tell people yeah. a bit about that. Yeah, so we haven't. It's been a while since uh, I, I've actually put out a podcast, but I'm, I'm usually on uh, on Tom Canton's podcast at the Gooner Talk, so I'm I'm, I'm a regular on there. Um, so, but it, it's at 305 Cast, the Arsenal Miami podcast. Um, we've been around since about 2015, but we've we've stopped. Just me, we meaning me, to, you know, you know, ran, you know, it's difficult to, to keep it up consistently. So that's kind of where it I'm is. at right now. Yeah, it is. Trevor, you're not you got you got to do this shit every week. Yeah, and then and, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, you know, I like to just go on Tom's podcast. There's always some good guests on there, and uh, some other podcasts like this one. It's, it's been a lot of fun. So that's what I like to do. Brilliant, Trevor. Um, we will chat, I'm sure, before Christmas. Uh, you enjoy the game. Don't text me at all. I'm going to be watching on 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 record. Uh, but uh, Merry Christmas to you and um, to Captain Morgan's. Three hours later. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's been, do you know what? It's been a pleasure again today, boys. I love doing this podcast. I'm drunk as a skunk, but that's because I would have been drunk as a skunk heading towards um, Goodison. Well, actually, no, I wouldn't have been heading towards Goodison. It's a 4.55 p.m. now, and it's a 5 kickoff, so I'll still be in the pub till five minutes before the game, then running to get to the ground. 
it's uh i've loved this today it's been a pleasure to meet you john likewise i'm glad that pineapple's gone off your head so it's been a pleasure again mate fergus you know pal merry christmas to everybody out there and i just love this podcast because we don't make anything out of it we don't want clicks if you don't like us don't click we're just here we're arsenal fans we love our football club you've just done, we do want you've people. done fergus there mate because he's what he's wanting clicks <laughs> I, 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 I've, I've just said I just want to get to a thousand on YouTube because then we can record on the ground on mobile on YouTube. So uh, yeah, cheers, Trev. Yeah. Forget what you Trev said. Guys. Forget it. We do, we do want clicks. <laughs> no, don't forget it. Yourself. <laughs> don't forget it. Yeah, but Trev, Trev has a great point. We're, we're not in this for the money. We're Arsenal fans. Our, our, our strap line is by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Um, guys, enjoy the show. Only one last thing to say: up the arse. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.